Good afternoon. How's everybody? Are you excited to be here today? Amen. I have come with expectation that God is going to change starting right here. That yesterday the word was powerful. The Holy Spirit was here. And this is, this is where he started changing, was here. So in our situations, when we keep looking, uh, like Pastor was talking about, about our problems, and we take them as, that's my problem, then we're really not in faith, so we're in sin. So... Uh, let's just start by praying. Lord, I just thank you right now. I thank you that your presence is already here, that your presence is with us. I thank you that, Holy Spirit, you would just give the words that are going to be spoken today and that they would be received with soft, tender, responsive hearts, Lord. I thank you that you are going to make changes in us today, that we're not going to just sit here and listen to truth and ignore it or reject it, but we're going to receive it, that we have hearts that are hungry, we have hearts that are uh, walking in humility, hearts that want to hear the truth of your words, Lord. I thank you that you are going to do mighty things in this place, not just for the people who are here today, but the people who are watching online. I thank you that you are our God, that we look to you for everything, that you love us, and that you have every good and perfect thing for your kids, that you have given us all things, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for all that you have done in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Good afternoon. Welcome, welcome again to Noontime Prayer. Thank you for opening, Patty. Uh, just felt like that was right. I was praying about it and seeking the Lord this morning, so thank you for doing that. Uh, we just welcome you again to Noontime Prayer. I think this is day 20 of Noontime Prayer, and I think it's part 7 of humility. Glory to God. And uh, But you know, have you seen over the last few days how important humility is yes. and and how much teaching and preaching do we have on it i mean we'll mention it we should be humble everybody agrees we should be humble but are we walking it out no and if we're not walking it out we're not hungry and humble then we're not growing like we should be and we need to make sure that we put it on we yeah. you know i found this is something that's really been sitting on me basically for i don't know it's been a while now, but the Lord just keeps kind of bringing this back up to me, is that there's so many things in this word, there's so many things that our job is not to just acknowledge them, but to press into them, yeah. to be purposed, right? To be focused on, to be intentional, to press into. So a lot of times what we have is we have mental assent. We agree that we should be humble, but we're not pressing into it. And because of that, that ungodliness has just remained. You know, it's just stayed there. Uh, our, our circle of what we know and our spiritual growth has just stayed there, right? Uh, instead of expanding and moving up to the fullness of the stature of Christ, which I keep referencing that. Let's look at this real quick uh, in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. It says in verse 8, Ephesians 4, 8, it says, Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, talking about Jesus when he ascended, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And then you go down to verse 11, you see what those gifts are. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. So what were the gifts? 
the fivefold ministry is what most people call it, right? A technical term would be the ascension gifts. When he ascended, he gave gifts, right? So that's what the technical term is. And those gifts were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? And so those are gifts to the body of Christ. Now, a lot of uh, I've seen this over time, and it's definitely not right, is that a lot of people that are one of those gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, remind everybody that they're a gift, right? And that's not humility either. And they forget that those gifts are given to them as well. For example, I'm a pastor, but I need a pastor, right? I need an apostolic voice in my life. I need a prophetic voice in my life, right? This is New Testament. These are not passed away. They're still in the church today and we need every one of them. I need an evangelistic voice in my life. I need teachers in my life. I need that. And I'm one of those gifts. But we need to humble ourselves to that. But what are those gifts there for, right? So it says they are there. This is their job to equip the saints for the work of service. The King James says for the work of ministry, right? To the building up of the body of Christ. In other words, uh, let, let's say this. Um, let me, Callie, will you come here real quick? I need to move this over a little bit. Yay for balance in the water. All right. So I need you to um, get right there, kind of on your knees. Awesome. Yay. Very comfortable, right? All right. So now here's, here's the thing. So the ascension gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? Our job is to come along and, and to say, all right, here's a believer in Christ. Are they fully grown yet? No, they're not there yet. Are they, are, is there a lack of maturity? Yeah, their, their height is not where it needs to be yet, right? But it says to equip them, right? So what does that mean? That means, all right, now this is my water and you probably don't want to drink after me, but I'm going to put the cap on just so you don't make a mistake, okay? All right, but it, our job is to say, hey, I'm going to equip you with the things that you need to grow. If I had some food right here, I'd give you some food, but we're fasting, so you can't have it anyway. So amen. But, but then I would give her the tools. I would give her the food, right? And what's going to happen as she partakes of the spiritual food, basically, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to equip you. There you go with stuff. And as I equip her with stuff, what am I equipping her for? So that she will grow, right? So now all of a sudden, and, I, and I'm not just going to leave her alone, but I'm going to help her. I'm going to help her. There. All right, now stay a little bent over. A little bent. There you go. A little bent over. All right, so I'm going to help her. She's not there yet, but she's still growing. And I'm giving her the tools to grow. Now, when she gets to this level, when she starts growing, is she just supposed to say, all right, pastor, go do everything? No, now she can help. Uh, come here, Joe. Come here, Joe. So now she can help. Now get on your knees right there. Glory to God. All right. Now, hey, here's a new believer. Now look, show her what I showed you. 
Right? And now she gives those things. She continues to grow. She gets that spiritual food. She starts to see these things. And, and what happens? That growth. See, it's not that pastors supposed to always do this every single time. It's that we help each other grow to that point. And now, now, there we go. Now stay a little bit bent over. There you go. You're still growing in Jesus' name. But, and we're helping. It says to equip the saints for the work of serving, the work of the ministry, right? And then what happens? Stay here. All right, um, you can grow up now. Amen. And then I, I need my Bible back here. Thank you. All right, awesome. And uh, so, hey, oh, look, you can't eat this if you're fasting. But look, there's some food to help you grow, some mints. Amen. Don't let it tempt you. All right, so then he says... For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So what are you growing to? You're growing to look like Jesus, right? If you're not doing that, then we're not doing our job as saints. And I'm not doing my job as a pastor. Now, it's not my responsibility to make the right choices for you. My job is to point and to teach you about that. Yeah. That's it. My job is to point and to teach you about that. Yeah. And to give you, empower you to be able to do it with the, the equipping, right? With the truth of the word. But then it says this, that you're supposed to build up the body of Christ, right? You're, I'm supposed to equip you to do the work. Am I supposed to do all the work? Am I supposed to lead all the people to Jesus? Nope. No. Does it, should it always just happen on Sunday morning or should it be happening everywhere? It should be happening everywhere. Yep. Right? All right. So then he says, until, so the fivefold ministry is to keep on giving you the things for you to grow and do the work. The responsibility of the work is in your hands, right? And see, I'm doing my work that my pastor is equipping me to do, right? And it's just passing on. That's, that's the way it goes. But you have certain people that are given to the body of Christ that are designed to do this. Now, listen, is this going to work without the gift in place? No. Do we need the gifts in our life? Do we need to submit to them and humble them? Humble ourselves to them. Yep. Yes. Yep. Because without them, this is the way that God set this up. And it's not going to happen properly without doing it in God's ways. Right. And so then it says this until we all attain the unity of the faith. So this building keeps going on. The gift keeps giving. The gift, you know, the pastor, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It keeps giving while every believer is continually being raised up. And the body of Christ is building. You know, at the beginning I just had one. And then all of a sudden now I have two. And then that body is building. And it's growing. And they're getting stronger. Right? And they're looking more like Jesus. And then all of a sudden, until they start to learn, look, this is all about the unity of going after God in one accord. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, has she ever made you upset? Has she ever made you upset? Don't answer that. But here's the thing. <laughs> if she has, that doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. The unity is, you know why? Because you'll do things that I won't like. I'll do things that you won't like. What matters is that we keep one purpose in mind. Let's go after Jesus, right? Let's go after Jesus. So he says this, but guess what? She probably is going to get on your nerves sometimes. She's probably going to get on your nerves sometimes. That's a given. Why? Because we come from different backgrounds. We think differently. But is that going to come in the way of us going after Jesus? No. no. We're just going to forgive that and we're going to move on. We're going to let offenses just be pushed aside and go after Jesus, right? I, I can't tell you how many times when people messed up and, and then they thought I was mad at them. And they walked back in the doors or something like that. And they're like, you just loved me. You weren't even mad at me. I'm like, no, I never was mad at you. You know, maybe disappointed, but who, you know, and, and people go, wow, that's the love of Christ right there. I'm like, I know that's why, that's why we do it that way. That's what it's supposed to be about, you know? And uh, anyway, but they thought in their head that I was upset the whole time or, or something like that, or I didn't love them or, you know, no, no, no. I'm so happy to see you again. Let's go after Christ again. Forget all that. Let's go. Let's, let's get after building his kingdom. So he says, keep building. So the gift, the pastor, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, keeps equipping, keeps feeding, keeps helping to grow until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So their job is to keep equipping you with how does Jesus think? How does Jesus think? What would Jesus do in this situation? How does he think? Here, oh, you think he does this way, but actually he does it this way. Here, let me help you rewire that. Right? And, and, and get that. And all of a sudden you're thinking more like him. This is what it's talking about. Till we come to the knowledge of the Son of God. We, we know what he does and how we should operate. Listen, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, right? So the gift of God in the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, right, is to come into our lives and help us to grow up to look like Jesus. And I'm talking about nothing short of Jesus, right? And we can't be Jesus himself, but now because he's given his life and his blood, we can put on Jesus and act and, and look and take the authority and responsibility just like him because he empowered us to do so. So our job is, right, like this. Let's say that you're Jesus. Now, are you quite up to that height yet? Not, not quite. So our job is to do this, to come and, and, and here, let, let me help you. And get up to that same height, right? I'm going to keep on raising. She's growing, by the way, either that or I've been fasting for 30 something days. Because uh, I was like, whoa, man, she's, she's got some muscle. Amen. Amen. So, but our job is to keep helping you. Right. Get to the place where you grow. But listen, watch this. If I went to try and help her right now, I want you to All right, hold on. Hold on one second. If I went to try and help her and she was not in humility and didn't give herself to the way of God, I'm like, hey, here, let me help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help. Here, let me help you. Right? 
then all of a sudden what happens? I can't help her grow. That means the work of the ministry is not happening. Right? All right, now let me. Now, it, but as we humble ourselves, then I can come and I can help her grow. Right? I can help her grow to where she needs to be. Amen. And, and that's just it. And that's the way church is supposed to work. But see, here's the thing. What if, what if she thought that I'm just, you know, remember yesterday in Hebrews 12, 11, it says, but all discipline for the moment, right, is sorrowful. What if every time I tried to help her grow to the fullness of the stature of Christ and, and I was like, hey, I'm trying to help you grow here and I preach on the subject, but it's something that she is doing. And so she feels the pressure of the Holy Spirit's conviction, her flesh goes, ooh, I don't like that, right? Then all of a sudden I try and help her and what's she do? And she gets out of the way and I can't help her. Now what's happened here is not only is she not growing, but is the work of the ministry being done at the right level? No, and it all comes down not to the gift and not to God, but to the person who didn't receive because they weren't in humility. And now they can't grow. See, humility puts us in the place where we can grow. But we understand. See, here's the thing. Now, she's back in this place. And all of a sudden, I preach a message. It's all over something that she's messing up, right? And uh, she feels the pressure of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, right? Just stay still. And she feels that pressure of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But she goes, you know what? We are all in this together. The unity that's supposed to be in the body of Christ. And, and I understand what pastor is doing. He's helping me grow. He's not getting on to me. He's not trying to hold me back. He's actually trying to get me into the place where my joy can be full. So I will give myself to the growth I will give myself to the light shining on my area that was not right, my ungodliness, so that the Lord can give me grace. I will humble myself and he will give me grace and greater grace. And now I'll be able to grow. And now the body of Christ looks like it should. They have the provision that they, they need. They, they have uh, the resources that they need. They're the most efficient. They're the strongest. They're the most productive because an individual decided to be humble. Yeah. See, a lot of times we were like, well, I don't really add anything to that. No, no, no. You are important to the body of Christ. And your choices towards humility are very, very important. Because all of a sudden, when we get to the place, right? When we get to the place, all right? Now, uh, let me give them some direction. And uh, hold on just one second. So, uh, come here, Holly, real quick, please. And let, let's get this out of the way. It's visual aid day. Glory to God. Amen. All right. So now, uh, Holly, stand right here and face me. 
Okay, let's say that, that Holly is an enemy of Jesus, right? Uh, maybe it's a demon. Maybe it's just somebody coming against that. Maybe it's just an attack in my life. Okay, y'all stand right over here for a second. All right, good. All right, now, here's the thing. Unity is so important. Are we going to get to unity without humility? No. But see, let's say that I, as a pastor, got something that's standing in the way of this community receiving Jesus, right? Let's say, and this is, this is how it works in the spiritual, we just can't see it. And, but let's say I'm coming up against that and they're given resistance, right? And for whatever reason, I'm not ha getting anywhere. Like it's just kind of a standstill or they, she may be even pushing me back. Go ahead. Pushing me back, right? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, look, our church, we've got to go this direction. God's given me vision. He's told us this region is changing for Jesus, right? And I'm trying to do it, but I'm getting resistance and resistance. Well, that's the time when unity is needed. And so, but let's say right now that, oh, uh, this one here says, all right, this one here says, uh, I didn't like that message that pastor preached the other day, right? And, and, and then this one said, I, you know, he was, he's keeping me from having fun. I want to go do what I want to do. And he's telling me not, I don't like him right now. And so here I am. I'm like, Hey, come on guys. Come on guys. But because there's no humility on those parts, then when I need the help and the strength, they're not there. And we are not powerful. We're not built up to the fullness of the, of the body of Christ. We're not, we haven't attained that unity. But if they'll say, you know, I didn't like that message, but it might not have been for me. Maybe it was specifically for one person that day. I trust that the Lord is leading pastor to do and say and preach what he needs to preach. And I'm going to be there to back that up. Because even though that message might not have been for me, and generally if you think it's not for you, it's absolutely for you. But and anyway, it, maybe, maybe that message wasn't for me. But whoever it was for, I'm going to be there. I'm bringing my faith. I'm going to be strong. And because what's more important is not whether or not I like the message. It's that God has planted me and and we're supposed to be one because we are accomplishing something, yeah. right? And then let's say, well, I didn't like, he's, you know, he's uh, telling me that I can't go do what my flesh really wants to do. But you know what? I know that he loves me. I know that God loves me. He's just telling me the word and I need to put my flesh down. And because of that, I'm going to back them up. And all of a sudden now we come up. All right, come on. And then now unity and we start pushing back the devil because we got help. Now we're powerful like we should be. But it all comes down to, look, it all comes down to, no, no, go over there. Individual humility on one person. Their decision will help add to and multiply. Their de this one's decision will help add to and multiply. But what if this one decides not to be humble and this one does. And then this one starts talking, you know, pastor, I didn't like what he said the other day. I'm just trying to, he's trying to steal my joy. And this one who was humble now, the seeds have been planted over here. And now all of a sudden she's like, you know, I didn't like that message the other day either. I didn't get anything out of it. And now you've got two 
that aren't backing. And we haven't made humility and unity a plan. But what if this one says, you know what? I'm going to be humble. I'm, I'm not going to be humble. I, I don't like that message. But this one says, I'm going to be humble and I'm going to press to the unity, right? I'm going to press for it. And then this one comes over and says, you know what? I didn't like that message the other day. I, I, it wasn't for me at all. But this one says, you know what? I, I understand that. I've been in that same position, but we are supposed to strive for the unity. And I know that God's planted you and me here. So let's just humble ourselves to that. And now one person in humility can help breed humility and unity and the power of God. And now all of a sudden it grows. What if everybody in the body of Christ, not just boomerang, everybody in the body of Christ did that same thing? Oh, we would be so powerful. I mean, the world would not be able to stop us. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'm talking about the world would not be able to stop us. But as it stands, we've let that exact stuff come in and wreck the unity, wreck the growth, generally because we've decided either on purpose or by action to not be humble. It puts us in opposition to God. We're not going to win. Our lives are not what they should be. Right? Think about this. Think about how strong, right? Acts was pretty strong, right? How strong could it have been if those disciples that were following Jesus up until John 6 had gone in humility and not left Jesus? Would there have been 120 in the upper room? Or maybe would there have been 1,000 or 10,000? Think about that. How strong could it have been had they put on humility instead of pride? Just because they didn't like what he said. He was the king of kings. Listen, here's the thing. Did Jesus ever do anything wrong? And yet people still found fault with it. Many times when you find something wrong on somebody who's preaching the word, it is not that word, it is not that preacher, it's you. And that's where humility I told you the story a few weeks ago about how somebody had a prophetic word for me. I could not disagree more. I thought they were 100% off. And I started to say something. I wanted to say something. I wanted to say something. And the Lord said, no, just let it sit. Over time, I found out they were 100% right and I was the wrong one. I was already called to minister at that time, everything. But I was that far off. But humility saved me in that moment and helped me to grow. It helped me to push out some ungodliness and grow, right? That's what humility does is it helps us. It, it multiplies our potential. It doesn't bury it like pride does. We've got to recognize that as the body of Christ. Um, in Matthew, right, we, we look at that and I want, I want you to just see this. This is Matthew chapter 7. Let's go there real quick. Matthew. Man. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. I, I was going to not read all of it, but it's all good. Imagine that. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. So we'll go for a little while. It says, enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. What does that mean? That means that there's a whole lot of people that think they're doing what is right. But they're missing it. And it's the majority. They think they're right while they're really wrong. What's the only thing that will illuminate that to them? Humility. That should be a warning to us to say, man, I need to put on some humility here or else I'm in danger of thinking I'm right. And I'm not. And he's really talking kind of to the church. You'll see in a second the context is he's kind of really talking to the church. Watch what he says here. He says, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. There are few who find it. In other words, it's going to be a way that most people don't think is the right way. That should really grab a hold of us and, and kind of sober us up, right? He says this, Beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Is their fruit love? Are they setting people free? You know, are they being healed, delivered? Are they coming to Christ? You will know them by their fruits, right? And not just what you see in the ministry, but you'll know them by how they respond. But understand this, that that person here that's not in humility, they think I'm responding wrong when I correct them. Just like they thought Jesus was wrong when he said, uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood. They thought he was wrong. So be very mindful and humble yourself to look very honestly. Let the Holy Ghost shine on you. Because there's a, what it's saying right here is there's a lot of people that think they're right and they're wrong. And that ought to wake us up. And really, and, and from this standpoint, it's kind of like this. If somebody ever says, like, are you absolutely sure about this? Very rarely do I say, yeah, I'm absolutely sure. Why? Because I know there's still areas in my life that I don't have right because I know I still have a flesh. There's few things that I'm absolutely sure of. I'm absolutely sure that God is love and my responsibility is to believe on him as a child. I'm absolutely sure that Jesus died for me and God brought him back to life and that I'm born again by faith in that. I'm absolutely sure of the character and nature of God as a loving God. But beyond that, there's a lot of stuff that I'm still learning. And I'm willing to admit that, right? Those are some absolutes because they're absolute in here and there's no question about that. But other than that, I can learn some stuff still. And so it's good for us to take that opinion and say, you know what? I may be wrong about this. I've seen people stand up and no, it is a principle thing. And they are absolutely standing on the principle that they are right and somebody else is wrong and they're completely wrong. I've seen it time and time and time again. And that was just in my life. <laughs> and I learned I need to back off of that, right? There's, there are some absolutes, 
but I need to watch it when those absolutes were formed by experience and maybe the root was in my flesh or in my childhood or immaturity in Christ. A lot of people have absolutes that were formed in an immature place in Jesus, but they'll stand on them all their life instead of letting the Lord shine the light on them and rewrite them. Whoo. You will know them by their fruits, right? Now, look at the, think about this one more time. I wanted to tell you, didn't the people in John chapter 6 think that the fruit of Jesus was off? So just looking at what you think their fruit is may not be enough. Their fruit needs to line up with the word. And it's very possible that your view of their fruit is wrong, just like those people. You realize that the majority left Jesus. There's only very few that stayed with them. That Saul, he has the words of life. Okay. So that's a, that's a sobering call to us. Okay, don't, don't just think you got this thing under control. Great, but when you see the fruit of that love, the fruit of faith, the fruit of hope in a person's life, then you can start to trust them and you should start to trust them, right? Because this is what relationship is based on is that trust. He says, but make sure that you do take an honest look over time at their fruit. Don't just meet somebody one day. And it looks like they're doing a good job. I can remember a revival one time. Lots of people were coming to the Lord. And there were. God was moving. It wasn't because the fruit of the leader was right. It was because God was merciful to the people. Right? And, but the fruit of the leader over time fell down to nothing. Right? But that didn't mean that God didn't still produce fruit where he could in the people. Because there were people there that needed a touch from heaven. But the leader, as you watched over time, the fruit was off, right? And that's how, you, that's how you look at it. Now, here's the thing. He could have been deceived and then gotten that deception fixed and then now be a leader again. Yeah. The callings of God are without repentance. So you don't hold that against him for the rest of his life. You just make sure that you're watching the fruit in that season, right? Watch that fruit. Make sure that it stays where it needs to. He says, you will know them. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles are they. So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, right? So he's talking here basically about being born again. And he's saying the overall fruit of a person's life will show them who they are. It's not that you can't miss it every now and then, right? He's saying that basically you're going to see from their life what, you know, where they were at. It's like, it's like Brother Copeland, right? There's a whole lot of people that disagree with Brother Copeland. But listen to this. The man and his ministry now has been going for over 50 years without any major scandal in it. And he's winning people to the Lord, seeing them healed, set free, delivered, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's good fruit. But there's been a whole lot of people that disagree with him. Well, has he gotten some things wrong? Sure. Just like every other man on the planet, right? Every other man on the planet. 
right? But here's the thing. A lot of people have not taken really a look at the fruit. They've looked at what they disagreed with. That's not humility, right? But we want to make sure that we look at what we're really talking about here is what does this guy's fruit look like? Especially in love, forgiveness, humility. Then he says this, verse 21, here we go now. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. What is he talking about? He's talking about believers or people that think they're believers, that think they are. They're going through their whole life just sure they're going to heaven. They know I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be. And, and they just they believe in their mind, but they never have belief in their heart. They just believe that they're going to heaven. But they never look back at their track record and said, is there any fruit there? Did I uh, grow up in the Lord? Did I produce Souls? Was there fruit of souls? Was there healing? Was there, these signs will follow them that believe. Was there fruit of my belief? Or was it I just claimed the title but never had any fruit? And they never took an honest look at But see, even these people had some things that they did because they had learned the principles of God. But they never had real heart change. So they had some fruit that looked like, look, he says, but not everyone will say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And so they're looking at the fruit of what. All right. So you gain knowledge that the name of Jesus is powerful and so you use that tool of the kingdom of heaven and it had the effect that God said it would have. But that wasn't because you were changed. It's because Jesus was great. You see, and they but what they did was watch. And I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, because they were never cleansed. By the blood of the lamb. Humility would have shown them this. But they weren't walking in humility. They were in pride. The whole time they were in opposition to God. The world was looking at them. They knew the world knew they were a hypocrite for the most part. But they thought they were going to heaven. This is Jesus telling us this stuff, right? Then he says this. He says, here, let me give you an example of this. And remember what he said. Here's the fruit that you obey the father, that you obey the father, that you obey him, that you listen for his voice and you're obedient. And he says, therefore, because of this, let me let me. Jesus is basically saying, let me go on to explain this to you some more. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man 
who built his house on the sand. The rains fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And when Jesus finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. In other words, what was happening right here, he was saying, look, You've got to be a hearer of the word and a doer. You can't just claim to be a doer. You've got to be about it. You've got to be doing something with the life that God's given to you. And if you're not willing to lay down this earthly life and pick up the heavenly life and live it out in this place, you might need to really check and see, am I born again at all, right? This is a good challenge. And, and look, did he not show us that many would go through the wide gate? So th what are we talking about? We're talking about the majority of the church or the people that go to the church. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. But what does it come down to? Humility. Lord, show me, open me up, clean me, help me. Lord, help us, show us, clean us. I, I want you to, I want you to think about something. So over in, over in Philippians uh, chapter two, it says, have this attitude which was also in Christ Jesus. Have this attitude, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 5. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who? Although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He, didn't he did not let being equal with God be a thing that he would hold on to. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. What, now I'm, I'm going to hit on something really big right here. Right here. So pay attention to right here. Are we not supposed to put on Jesus and look like him? And Jesus alluded to this multiple times. And, but he's saying, look, if you're going to put on me, then you're going to become the lowly servant like I did. Otherwise, you haven't put on me. You haven't put on me. In other words, he, he's saying, look, you may think being a leader in some place is what I've called you to be. But you've got to be willing to give that up and be the servant first. Because you can't be the leader in the kingdom without being the servant. The whole principle is to come up underneath people and help bear the burdens of others and to serve them in that way. And this is humility. And he's saying, look, have this same attitude in yourself that Christ had. He was God. And he said, 
this is not worthy of holding on to if I don't go and love and serve. Right? Look at it again. He said, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God. He was equal with God. He did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Uh, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be held on to. Well, I'll go serve him, but I need to still be God. I'll go serve him, but I still need the title. I'll go serve, but I still need the recognition. I'll go serve, but I still need the thanks. Man, uh, I did all this, but pastor didn't thank me. He thanked somebody else, but he didn't thank me. That's not the attitude of Christ. I'm not, I'm not serving for a, a thanks. Right? I, I, even me, listen, I can't tell you in nine years of boomerang, you know, I cannot tell you how many times I went to the Lord and said, Lord, I'll shut it down right now. Not because it's hard, because I'm not trying to hold on to it or a title. I'll shut it down right now. You just give me the word. Not because it's hard. Sometimes it was hard. Sometimes it was easy. Actually, one of the times I did that, it was, it, I, I forget exactly what was going on, but I considered it one of the best moments we were having. And I said, Lord, I'll shut it down right now. What, this is your ministry. I'll step out. I'll give it to somebody. I do not mind. And he would constantly come back and say, no, I want you there. I was like, okay, well, I just want you to know I'm... I'm humbling myself because I'm not trying to grab a hold of something. I'm just here to serve you. And I know that means to serve people. This is humility. Just, just look, at the, look at this. Have this attitude. This is a command. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be held on to, a thing to be grasped. Golly, can you see that? I mean, watch this. Uh, come here, Callie, real quick. We stand up here on the top. Here he is. If, if this is Jesus standing up in heaven, he's, he's like God, exactly. He's equal with God. He's got the position. We're down here, his enemies. We're, we're sinners. We're helpless. We're his enemies. Jesus, from a personal standpoint, has no reason to come into this mess. He's God. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. But he says this position is, is not something that I consider needs to be grasped and held on to. I'm going to have the attitude in myself that Lord, listen to this. This is essentially what Jesus did. Father, make me one of them. Golly, do you see that? Father, make me one of them. Make me at that level. Make me at that level. All right, now she's people and I'm Jesus. Make me at that level so I can come down and help lift up that group. 
This is the humility that we are supposed to put on every day. And yet you have people that will fight you over what they think they know instead of moving into the place of humility and saying, and saying, Lord, I'm an open book. Read me. Let the word uh, divide as, as, as from bone and marrow. I mean, divide the thing. Let the word of God, sharper than any uh, two-edged sword, let it come through here and let it show me the division and show me the stuff that I'm missing. Show me. Why? Because I don't need to stay at that place. I need to grow to be more like you. I'm called to be like Jesus, to grow up to his stature. I'm called to climb up this ladder and move from the devilish ways up to the things of Christ. But only humility will get me there. Greater grace belongs to the humble. Listen to this as, as we read out uh, to verse 15. Just listen to this. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. That's how far his humility went. It took him to death, hell and the grave. Even death on the cross, which was considered the curse. For this reason also, for this reason, because of his humility, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, don't play around with this thing. Work it out. Go to the place where your life starts to be a fruit that shows I'm hearing from God and I'm being obedient to it. And you can see my salvation by my fruit because I'm walking him. I've humbled myself to serve people on this earth. It's not about me. It's about God and it's about people. He says, work it out. Verse 13, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things, this is humility, he's, he's describing it. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Have you had those moments when you felt like, you know, saying, well, I do it, do it, but right? <laughs> There's a cartoon that Luke used to watch, and there was this one character on there, and all the time it was like, hum, 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 right? Hum, 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 hum. And he was always grumbling, you know, always. He says, do all things without that. See, if you still got that coming up in you, you hadn't renewed your mind to the humility or disputing. Well, I don't want to go listen because he talks about this. And stop disputing. Just be obedient. Humble yourself to the word. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Verse 15. So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom, through humility it's saying, you appear as lights in the world. among whom you appear as lights in the world. 
greater grace belongs to the humble. I'm just going to throw these out because we're wrapping up humility today. Hebrews 13, 17 says, look, obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your souls for those who will give an account. Let, let them, let your leaders do this with joy and not grief for this would be unprofitable for you. Humble yourselves to the leaders that God's given you. He says, Proverbs 9, 7, He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor, and he who reproves a wicked man will get insults for himself. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. In other words, you're giving help to somebody, but they're scoffing, they have a lack of, of humility, they're prideful in it. He'll hate you for it. But if you reprove, correct, a wise man, he will love you. Because a wise man understands humility and he'll receive it. And verse 9 says he'll be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he'll increase in his learning. The fear of the Lord is beginning the wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied. Years of life will be added to you. Right? You can't counsel the prideful. You can't help the prideful. Think about that now. Even in giving like to the poor a lot of times, right? You have to know these scriptures and understand that if I'm trying, I can give them, you know, if, if, they're, if they need a cup of water, they're laying on the side of the road, I'm going to help them, right? But if you've got somebody who's in a situation because they're prideful and you don't have a direct word from the Holy Ghost, you've got to understand that you're stepping into the place that God told you not to step into. And it's important to hear from the Lord on that. A lot of times they're in that place because of that. One of the most amazing things I ever saw in my life was one of the highest levels of pride I ever saw in a human being was somebody who was homeless. I said, Lord, I don't understand this. I said, I don't understand why. I'm not saying every, every homeless person's like that, but this particular one was. I said, I don't understand how they, they're at one of the lowest points that this earth can offer. And yet there's, they're dealing with pride. And the Lord said this. He said, how do you think they got there? I was like, oh, Lord, I mean, that's not even me. But I thought, oh, God, I don't want that for them. I don't want that in that place. How can I help? He said, just love and be the light and give them the word on Sunday morning. Amen. The humble can grow and they become more fruitful and they aren't bearing potential. Ecclesiastes 4.13, a poor yet wise lad, a wise kid is better than a foolish king, than an old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. He who, this Proverbs 15, 32, he who, uh, 31 through 33, but I'm going to start with 32. He who neglects discipline despises himself. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. Then verse 33, honor goes before. You remember at the beginning of humility, we talked about that when you would humble yourself, you would resist the devil and he would flee. Look at this. Go, you can go to this. I'm going to read it real quick. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 11. 
As we're wrapping up, I'm going to take a couple of minutes just to wrap up. I know it's running beyond one. If you have to leave, definitely, I understand. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow, fellow, feller, elder. <laughs> That's southern for fellow. Uh, fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that is to be, uh, be revealed. So he exhorts the elders, right? He's, he's telling them, shepherd the flock among you exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily. In other words, I need to exercise over, oversight, but I don't need to force somebody to do it. I'm teaching them to love on their own accord, right? If I just force you to do it all the time, and we were talking about stretching before the service, if I forced you to stretch, that would be wrong on my part. But if I encourage you, yeah, you stretch. It's a good thing, right? That's a good thing, but I don't need to force it. Because stretching is humbling yourself to growth. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. In other words, don't just go after the gain that can come from it, because there is gain actually in godliness. But don't, don't, don't do it for that reason, but do it with eagerness to love on the Lord, right? Not yet, he's still talking to elders, not yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge. Like, hey, listen, you, I'm, I'm your pastor. You need to listen. That's lording it over, right? That may be true. They may need to listen, but it's not my job to make that happen, right? I can encourage them. I can tell them about that. Look, you really do need to listen. That The word tells it. You don't do that. You're outside of the will of God, which now you're back to what kind of fruit are you producing. And it has benefits or uh, it has a lack of benefits one way or the other. So it may be true, but I'm not to lord it over somebody, right? He says, uh, not lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. So they... You ought to, they ought to be able to look at you as a leader and see your humility, your willingness to step down and serve and come up underneath and build people up, to give of yourself. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. What does that mean? Humble yourself to your elders. Now, is that just talking about uh, young in age? It's talking about young on the maturity scale, right? Young. This is, look, this is, Miss Nancy, how old are you? Are, old enough. Old enough. <laughs> All right, that was a point blank question. I'm sorry. You don't have to tell everybody, but you're older than me. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. I, I'm, we're not going to guess. I'm not going <laughs> to. But, but you're older than me. Are you older than 60? Okay, older than 60. We'll leave it there, right? Now, I'm 44. I want you to see something, though. Now, here, here you are. You've been here almost every day of this noonday prayer, humbling yourself to a young man. That's what it's talking about. It's saying, hey, I need to learn something. I need to grow. And here's what I love, too. Like, 
She's not going, oh, my life is over. It's no use even trying now. No, 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 no. She's humbling herself to, I'm still alive. I can do something in this world. I can carry the light of God with me. She's excited about the gospel. That's a humility. That's what this is talking about. You younger men, likewise, subject, be subject to your elders. It's not just about age. It's about people that God put in your life to help grow you up and to carry the flame of the gospel, the consuming fire of God and the glory. And that's what she recognized. What an example of humility. I love that. That's one of the things, it blesses my heart. Every time I see you, it blesses my heart because it's a picture of humility that so much of our younger generation is completely missing and the middle generation too. It's like that, that uh, man that I was telling you about the other day, Mr. Eric, that said, I had the honor and the privilege to go and serve my pastor. When he is a very successful man. That's the humility that God's talking about. He says, look, you younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders and all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Not just to your leaders, but to one another. Clothe yourself. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here's the same thing that it said over in James, right? We know in James, he said he gives grace and he gives greater grace. And then it says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may exalt you at the proper time. Do you want to be exalted? Yeah, then you've got to move in humility. You've got to humble yourself. And watch this too. Watch what, he's, what he says here. Casting all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is humility. Remember, it's not trying to carry the load yourself and show how big Christian you are. It's actually, that's actually pride. It's taking that load and saying, Jesus, this is yours. I'm take, putting your yoke on. I'm not creating, fashioning my own yoke. You're building your church, right? And then he says this, watch, all of this is humility. Then he says, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What is he telling? But resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in this world. Now, I want you to notice two different places in the, in the New Testament, it starts talking about humility. And in both places, it talks about resisting the devil and he will flee. Both places talks about this is how you block the attacks of the, you see the connection from humility to, to completely stop in the attack of the enemy in your life. But not only that, but you walk in that humility, you'll be able to block that attack in other people's lives too. Yeah. Mm -mm. No devil, you can't mess here. She's part of the family. No devil, mm -mm. This is, we're family here. Yeah. All right. He said, after you suffer for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen and establish you. Oh man, do we need humility. In Luke chapter 18, it talks about uh, the man who's standing there and he says, praise God, I'm not like this guy. Praise God, I'm not like this guy. No humility. He 
in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It shows us something, and all I, all I want you to see, uh, you can read this. And read this Philippians chapter 2, uh, 2 through 14, right? Philippians chapter 2, 1, uh, excuse me, yeah, 1 through 14. You can read it in New American Standard, read it in New Living, read it in the Message Translation, but just read that passage. Just, I read you part of it. But here's one of the things that it says in verse 1 and 2, it basically says this. If Christianity is a real thing, that's, I'm paraphrasing, if this thing that we're talking about, this life of Christ is real, then put on humility. This is, if this is real, if it's not real, then don't worry about this, basically, but you know it is. If this thing's real, there's one thing I want you to do, put on humility. If this Christianity is real, and then you go to verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely, merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. And then it says have this attitude that was in Christ. Then it says that. I, I'm telling you today as we wrap up humility, is this humility seven? What a great number to finish on. Amen. He's saying this, look, if you believe in Christianity, you believe in Christ, do this. Put on humility. Humility towards God. Humility towards your leadership. Humility towards others. Have the same attitude in you that was in Christ. And when you do that, you'll be able to do the things that he did. And you'll grow and you'll be a, a contributing member of the body of Christ, able to come together in unity and be a force that the devil can do nothing with. That's the plan of God. So, Father, today we just worship you. Lord, help us be humble. Help us be humble. Glory to God. Help us, Lord. Let us see the areas where we're missing it. I know that all this week you've been pointing out little things to me, places to, to, to fine-tune. Thank you, Father. Thank you for pointing those things out, for not leaving me in the place of pride, Lord, thank you for showing me the need for it and the importance of it, Father. Thank you for it. Kanamo kodi biditini, icha nana da toro, o chani de pukurlabo vudene, banlo te medede, bebo tuturuma trabakatara, ha yo tuturuchuno, ho tuturuchonete, sainte. Thank you, Lord. Lord, every thread inside of people, every thread of pride for anybody that's hearing this. Lord, every thread of pride, Lord, let that thing be exposed and surgically removed as we give ourselves to the nature of Christ. 
that we take on the same attitude that he had. Lord, every place where humility should be, but it hasn't been, Lord. Lord, we just ask you to help write that in us. Rewire us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, do a work to help us see and establish humility by your grace. Let grace come and help us walk out that humility, Lord. Let us be a house that stands. Let us be a people that enter into the the narrow gate, Lord. Let us be a people that have good fruit. Don't just talk about it, Lord. Let us be the people that are yours, Lord, that bear the burdens of one another, that, that humble ourselves to one another in every way. Let us be the people that can resist the devil. Let us be the people that are exalted because of that humility. You're the one who does the exalting, Lord. Let us be your people in every way. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Lord, let us, any place, Lord, where we've not had humility, we ask you right now to forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, forgive us. And by faith, we confess, Lord, we've missed it. We've been in pride. We've been in opposition to you. But Lord, that stops today in Jesus' name. We're not just sorry about it, but we're sorry to the point that things are changing right now. We will put humility on and walk it out. And we praise you for it, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' name. Lord, as we walk into 2018 and Lord, into next week with Kickstart and Lord, we share your good news. We share your gospel and we impart the foundational things that they will need for a great year. Lord, as we impart those things next week, Lord, let us put on the fullness of your humility. Let us do those things in your humility and your love. We praise you for it and thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let us be ministers of your humility and ministering in humility. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. If, thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give, there should be a link that you can click that link. If you're here, you can give in the basket up front. Lord, Father, right now we receive anything that's given, tithes or offering that's given uh, to help finance the growing of the kingdom or just to sow. Lord, we receive it into your kingdom. It will go to you and to build your kingdom. And Father, we receive that on your behalf in Jesus' name by your love. And now, Father, as, our, as ambassadors, we speak over that seed, over that gift. Let it now be multiplied Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give back into their life. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for being here. Have a great day. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.